Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. They do it again. They somehow win an ugly game, 10-7. to 7. It was the uh, lowest over-under of the entire NFL season, and it lived up to it, 17 total points. And uh, it was a tough watch. It really was a tough watch. If I wasn't a Giants fan, there's no way in hell I'd watch that game. There, You couldn't pay me to do it. Um, the Giants scored off of two turnovers. The Patriots came out of halftime, had one good drive, and that was it. And... That's your offense. That's the game right there. Of course, the Patriots game came down to a potential game tying field goal to go to overtime. And, you know, I wanted to lose this game. But in hindsight, maybe it's better that we didn't get the extra 10 minutes of this game. Like, maybe just get it over with. So the 35 yarder by Chad Rylands, I guess he's some rookie kicker, freaking Chad. He missed a 35, uh, 35 yard field goal to potentially tie the game. Um, and, yeah, that would have made it uh 10-10, and it would have went to overtime. So it kind of had that vibe that when he went out there, it was like, he ain't making this. Like, you just know as a Giants fan, like, this shit ain't going to happen. Like, he's not making this field goal. And, of course, he hooked it left, and the crowd went crazy. I was not happy. I really wasn't. I'm glad I wait, you know, till nighttime to make these reactions because if I made this reaction right after the game, I would have been heated. Like, I was very pissed off about this win. I mean, it's, it's nice. It's good for the guys. It's good for the coaches and whatnot. Um, there was that weird report about Don Martindale and um, Coach Brian Dable having tension. So it's it's good to see a win because of stuff like that. But in terms of like my hopes and dreams of having a top two pick and getting Caleb Williams or Drake May, that pretty much came to an end today. You know, people will say, oh, trade up, trade up. But it once again, it takes two teams to tango, right? Like you need two parties to be willing to make a trade, and if you go through it, like, why would Chicago trade back? Okay, maybe they stick with Justin Fields. I wouldn't. You know, I, I liked Fields coming into this year. I mean, there's he still has, like, six games to prove himself or seven games, whatever it is. They play tomorrow night. But um, it'd be crazy to, you know, not reset the rookie scale with Justin um, by moving on from Justin Fields and taking a rookie. Um, Arizona, yeah, they might keep Kyler, but New England, I just – they're moving on. We saw their quarterback situation today. Now the freaking Washington Commanders are in front of us. And yeah, they might stick with Sam Howell. But then again, they're probably going to fire Ron Rivera anyway. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Point is, though, it's not always easy to trade up. It's very easy to say trade up, but you have to have the right teams in the top two or three to be willing to trade up. And trading up's expensive. I went over this in like my last video, I think. It's like people say trade up like it's nothing. Like, yeah, I'd rather lose these games and have to give up two future first-round picks because that just hurts you more in the future. You know what I mean? So that's the annoying part about this game. Um, I guess the good news is the defense came in and played well. Uh, a lot of guys that are, should be a part of this team for the future made big impacts. Um, Xavier McKinney, he's a guy who a few weeks ago I was writing him off. I'm like, I'm done with this guy. I'm tired of him always lashing out in the media and saying some dumb shit and causing turmoil. But... I would say the you know past two or three games like he's looked really good. He's making some big impact plays and had the big interceptions today, of course. So, you know McKinney's out there doing his thing, and he's still a young guy in a contract year. So we'll see if the Giants do want to bring him back or not. But I would say if he keeps playing like this, it's going to be tough to walk away. I'm sure Joe Shane will you know set a price, and we'll see if they can agree on that. But you know, I just, the comments in the media sometimes annoy me with him, but if he's playing at this type of level, you pretty much have to keep him. A 25-year-old playing free safety at a pretty high level like this, it just makes sense to keep him. So, DeVito gets his second career win. Um, he's been putting up good stats lately. 
Did not turn the ball over today, I believe. So, you know, the offense was not exciting by any means. I mean, like, you know, he took six sacks and there weren't that many big plays, but they were able to move the ball a little bit. And of course, as I mentioned on the top of the video, their points came off the interceptions. So the defense was pretty much the main reason they won today. But, you know, it seemed like a real team effort overall. So, you know, quiet day for Saquon. That was kind of expected with how good the Patriots run defense had been this year. Saquon only had, where is the rushing stuff? So 12 carries for 46 yards, 3.8 a carry, 19 yards was his longest. So... Yeah, um, Tommy DeVito actually lost a fumble. I was wrong about that. I don't remember when that happened, but he lost a fumble. Um, so the Giants did still win the turnover battle 3-1. to one. Of course, Mac Jones had two interceptions in the first half. One of those was to Deontay Banks, who continues to impress. I know the PFF grade's not good for De uh, Deontay Banks. I think he was ranked like 108 out of 113 corners, so that's obviously not good, but... I feel like he's had a pretty nice year for a rookie. And the way he was able to drag his feet on the interception to have like that, um, have the awareness to know where he's at on the field and be able to drag his feet. Like some receivers don't make that catch. So it was nice to see our freaking cornerback making a catch like that on the sideline. So um, Mac Jones is garbage. We know that, right? I mean, this is pretty much like the nail in the coffin for him. Um, I was a little surprised he started this week. You know, I figured they would go in a different direction, but maybe that was the plan all along to go Mac Jones first half, Bailey Zappi second half. It wasn't like Zappi was a whole lot better, but uh, Mac Jones looks broken. Like the interception he threw to Bobby Okereke was just one of those you just wouldn't see from an NFL player. You know, I tweeted this before how Mac Jones in 2021 – the perception was, oh, this is a good NFL quarterback. Then in 2022, it was like, ah, oh, Mac Jones, I don't know. He'll be a good backup quarterback for a long time, but he'll be in the league forever. And now in 2023, it's like, man, this guy should not be in the NFL. He sucks. Like, the drop-off from where Mac Jones was just two years ago to now is crazy. So I don't know how it got so bad. I know the weapons aren't good in New England, but, like, and by the way, one of their top receivers, Demario Douglas, his injury looked pretty bad. He got clotheslined by Cam Brown, which I'm still shocked that wasn't the flag. I, I guess, you know, I don't know if, what kind of flag he would throw there. Maybe, like, unnecessary roughness. But, you know, to see a guy get clotheslined like that, he lost the ball. It went out of bounds, so it didn't matter, but... Man, for Demario Douglas, and I have him on a bunch of fantasy teams. I was like, shit, like I don't want to lose Demario Douglas. So, um, but yeah, just a, a bad game to watch overall. But yeah, we'll go further into it. Hope you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like, of course, and let's get into it. There was no Dexter Lawrence today, which um, obviously that hurts the Giants run defense a lot. And it felt like the Patriots, you know, were running the ball very effectively. Let's see what Ramondre and Zeke were doing. So Ramondre had 21 carries for 98 yards, 4.7 a carry, of course, had that touchdown. And Zeke was 9 for 46 on the ground. That's 5.1 a carry. So they ran the ball effectively. I feel like if Dexter Lawrence was there, it probably does not happen to that extent. I do think the Patriots probably would be forced to pass the ball a bit more, which probably would have helped us anyway. But, um... As for the Giants offense, we'll start there. Tommy DeVito, 17 of 25, 191 passing yards, one touchdown, did lose the fumble, of course. Um, the leading receiver was Jalen Hyatt, five catches, 109 yards. He had that deep catch down the right sideline. 
it was a nice throw. You know, it was like a good anticipation throw. It was, you know, placed in the right spot. Maybe could have let him a bit more, but still, to make that throw was impressive. So, Jalen Hyatt, first career 100-yard game, 100-plus yard game, I should say. So, that's good to see. He seems like a real player. You know, we saw that with Tyrod Taylor when he came in. Jalen Hyatt made some plays. I feel like the only big Jalen Hyatt play with Daniel Jones was the, you know, first play in the third quarter in Arizona. We did see Darius Slayton play, which was very interesting because when a guy's doubtful, he's usually very doubtful. Like, that's pretty, you know, it's pretty standard for a guy who's doubtful to miss a game. But Slayton came in there, didn't do much. It was two catches for 16 yards. When I saw him out there, I was like, Darius Slayton, what the hell is he doing out there? So um, I guess shout out to him for kind of gutting that out. But Wandell Robinson had a few small catches, you know, four catches, 26 yards. Isaiah Hodgins had the touchdown. I think he caught a curl. Uh, one of the Patriots corners missed a tackle, and he was able to beat him to the pylon for a touchdown. That was the first score of the game for the Giants, and I think that opened up the scoring in general to make it 7 nothing. Um, but yeah, I feel like this game was lost for the Patriots with just bad quarterback play, plain and simple. Um, luckily for them, they now hold the third overall pick. And I think once they, I think they had their buy already. I think Arizona hasn't had their buy. So like right now, Arizona has the second pick. New England's in third. But hopefully for the Patriots' sake, once Arizona has their buy, it should be the Patriots in second place. Or not second place, but the second overall pick and not third. But the Pats are definitely going to be in the market for a new quarterback. Seems pretty evident so far based on reports that Bill Belichick is out of there. Whether he goes to the Commanders or Chargers, that's a wait and see. I don't know why he'd go to the Commanders. I guess it's closer to where he's at now. But if you're Bill Belichick, why wouldn't you want to go to Justin Herbert in warm weather? Like, I just, it seems like a match made in heaven to me. Like, you get you get a young, great quarterback. You, you know, the Chargers have a pretty good roster. So, to me, it just doesn't make sense. But whatever, we'll see what happens. Um, Saquon Barkley, only one catch in this game for six yards. So, it's kind of weird based on how he was using that last game as a receiver versus the Commanders. He had two receiving touchdowns, had that big catch down the sideline. And only got three targets in this game and caught one of them for six yards. It's kind of crazy how he was kind of like not involved in the passing game at all. The Giants defense, though, this is where the game was won, of course. The Giants defense stepped up big time. I mentioned all the interceptions, whether it was McKinney, whether it was Okereke, who had the first one. Then there was the Deontay Banks one where he kept his feet in. So that was great to see. Um, and that, once again, I, I like what I see from Deontay Banks. I think he had a pass breakup as well in this game. So he does look good for the most part. I, I don't get why the PFF grade's not better than what it is, but, you know, maybe that's for, like, the film junkies, but um, Okereke had eight total tackles, had one interception, of course, two passes defended. McKinney had two passes defended, the one interception, ten total tackles, only four solo, but still. Kayvon Thibodeau kept showing up in a pretty nice way. Like, he had two tackles for loss, had the forced fumble, had four solo tackles, five total tackles. Like, he was effective in this game. You can tell the pressure was getting there. Jihad Ward had the big sack at the end. Actually had one and a half sacks today, but a big sack on the final drive, I think that was, for Jihad Ward. Micah McFadden had a big run stop at one point. I forget. I think it was a screen pass, because all the, all the Patriots offense did was throw screen passes. It was like a misdirection screen to the top of the screen. Then they threw into the bottom uh, to, who the hell was it? I forget if it was, I think it was Stevenson. Well, I think it was Stevenson, but, um, you know, Michael McFadden came up, made a big play. I did see McFadden leave with an injury. It looked like he was holding his arm or his hand or something. I don't know if he even came back or not, but 
Haven't heard anything yet, so hopefully he's fine. Isaiah Simmons was very close to another interception in this game. It could have been a pick six. It was one of those plays where he was trying to hit Devontae Parker over the middle, and it seemed like Simmons was sitting in a zone, and he almost jumped it. I don't even know how he didn't hit the ball. It felt like for sure that Simmons was in position to at least hit that ball away, but he just somehow completely whiffed on it, and Devontae Parker got a first down out of it. But um, I do think that resulted in a punt anyway on that drive, so it didn't really come back to bite them. I mentioned the Cam Brown hit. No one else is really that great on defense in this game. Uh, Dory Jackson had five solo tackles. That's great for a corner, one, one pass defended. Um, three solo tackles for Pinnock, had one tackle for a loss, but not really much else. You know, as I said, it really is just, it comes down to the Patriots just not having a quarterback. I feel like if they just had a decent quarterback in this game, they probably win this with, you know, really, um, not much pressure at all. But with that situation going on there, it's very tough to win the ball or very tough to move the ball. So yeah, once again, I was not happy about winning today. I'm sure some of you agree with me. Some of you don't. I don't even know what the percentages are about who's mad about winning, who's happy, who doesn't care. Like, I don't know. Some people are so pissed that they're like writing their like fan letter like they're writing in their notes section like i'm leaving the giants fan base type stuff like they're just completely done with the giants after today's win like i saw at least three twitter posts about people leaving the giants as a fan because of this win which uh it seems a bit crazy but i listen i kind of get it like the disappointment it's there year after year and i, I just posted this on twitter or x and it, like the giants in like four of the past like six years have started out the season terrible whether it's two and eight three and eight, like whatever, like just a bad record. Then they rattle off these wins for no reason. And I, I get it. Like players are going to play to win, obviously. Coaches play to win. Coaches coach to win. But like, why can't the Giants start off a season well? Why do they always have to start off like one and seven, oh and five? Like, why can't they just start out a season well? Like they did this last year in 2022. It was a fun year, right? They won a lot of games and, you know, won a playoff game. But, you know, 2017, 28 or yeah 2017 2018 2019 2020 2021 and 2023 they all started out terrible right you look at 2017 going all the way back to then started out the year 0 and 5 had that horrible game against the chargers where everybody lost started 0 and 5 on the year go to 2018 they run this whole thing back with eli bring in dave gettleman draft barkley blah 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 start out the year 1 and 7 then they rattle off four out of five victories from weeks 10 to weeks 14. Get themselves the five and eight, lower the draft pick. Here comes Daniel Jones, right? I mean, there was really no shot at Kyler Murray anyway. You had to get the first pick. And I forget how many wins the Cardinals had that year. Uh, I think they might have had three. I think my boy Josh Rosen got them a couple wins. But anyway, but 2019, you know, this was the year, of course, Jones' rookie year. They start out the year 2-11. and 11. There was that OT overtime loss against Philly at Philly on a Monday nighter. That's the game Eli played, actually. I think Zach Ertz had the game-winning touchdown, I remember. But then they won two straight games after that. It was Eli's last start against Miami in that Week 15 game. And they won the Chase Young Bowl at the Washington Commanders or football team whatever the hell they were called at that time so they win two random games in a row at the end of the 2019 season then in 2020 what happened in 2020 2020 they start out the year one and seven so this is the first year of joe judge then they rattle off four straight victories that last victory um coming at seattle that colt mccoy game um gallman had a big game wayne gallman defense played out of its mind the giants got the five and seven but ended the year at six and ten of course that was the same um same year where the 
Commander or the Eagles tanked that game and the Giants were kept out of the playoffs because the Commanders won that game. 2021, I think 2021 was a season where the Giants executed the tank perfectly. And it wasn't like they were even tanking. They were just bad. They had no other options, really. Daniel Jones, of course, left that game after the Philadelphia win with a neck injury, missed every game the rest of the year. The Giants lost six straight games, got themselves the 4-13, and and that was the year they had the picks with um, Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. So I forget which pick was which. I forget which one was the Bears pick, which one was the Giants pick, but... They ended up with those two guys. Last year doesn't matter. And then this year, right? So this year they start out two and eight. I think most of us hit the point where we're like, we're done. We want to lose. But I I look, people, there's always gonna be fans that want to win every week, and I get that. But I feel like a lot of people were just like, I just don't want to win anymore because like we want this, you know, we want a franchise quarterback, we want our best shot at the best quarterback. But after a two and eight start, the Giants have now won two in a row, get the four and eight. They win at Washington, win today versus the Patriots. And obviously today's game was big. Like today's game, if they were going to pick in the top two, they had to lose this game. I saw a tweet by Seth Walder for ESPN Analytics here. Um, If the Giants won today, which they did, their percent pick, their percent chance at a top two pick dropped to 11%. If the Giants had lost today which they did not, they would have had a 47% chance at a top two pick. So winning versus losing today was drastic for a top two pick. And that's what pissed me off because obviously in this draft class, you have two guys at the top with Drake May, Caleb Williams. It seems like Jaden Daniels is really growing on people. I have not watched that much of him. I've seen the clips. I've seen the highlights. Dude looks impressive, of course. Kind of gives you like that Lamar Jackson vibe. But I don't know. You know, would the Giants really draft Jaden Daniels? Like, we know the Giants' history, right? Like, would they really draft Jaden Daniels? I don't know. Doesn't seem like a John Mara type of guy, right? I don't mind it, of course, but, like, I don't know. I really do hope it's up to Joe Shane and Brian Dable. I just cannot stand John Mara getting in the way with these freaking decisions. This was funny, too. It was actually Seth Walder once again. So someone asked him on Twitter, what is the single worst decision an NFL team made since January 1st of this year? So he went on to list a few things here. Worst result was... Young over Stroud, which looks horrible right now, of course. Most avoidable was the Daniel Jones extension. <laughs> so it's funny how he words it that way because most avoidable means you could have avoided it. But I feel like a lot of the perception from the Giants fan base was they had to bring back Daniel Jones. So it's just funny how it's worded that way. Most embarrassing, Jets not trying to get a backup quarterback. Definitely makes sense. Most accidentally devastating, Giants winning last two games makes sense bad decision maybe that's working out bears keeping fields instead of drafting a quarterback so as i said like yeah i don't know about justin fields yet like i think a lot of it depends on how the last six or seven games go here but you know if it's me i probably want a rookie quarterback in their spot i'd probably just take caleb williams if on the bears but you know that's up to them and of course maybe this doesn't matter maybe you know winning these last two games will not affect the giants in the end i said this in my last reaction how i think it was my last reaction maybe it was the last preview i don't know i get mixed up with these videos of course but just because a team picks a quarterback first does not mean that that quarterback's going to be the best in the class right you go back to like 2018 baker mayfield taken as the first quarterback josh allen i believe was the qb Four, three, four, three. QB three in that class. Josh Allen probably ends up being the best. Maybe even the QB five in that class, which was Lamar Jackson, ended up being the best. I do prefer Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson, but that's an argument worth having. But um, you get the point. 
Like sometimes just because you're not picking first or second doesn't mean there's nobody left. But it does make Joe Shane's life more difficult. It does make it, you know, possible that you have to trade up for the guy you want, right? Like let's say Joe Shane has an obsession with Caleb Williams and really wants him. There's a chance if, you know, the Bears were to keep Justin Fields and Carolina keeps losing and the Bears get the first pick, that the Giants may have to trade like three first round picks to get Caleb Williams or something, right? If that picks up for sale, which it might not even be. So that's why winning these games kind of pisses me off in a way. I, I, I get it. Once again, you want to remind me, I understand players play to win. I'm happy for those guys. I'm happy for the coaches and their families and whatnot. I'm just talking about me, selfishly me as a fan who cares about the future of this team. The wins piss me off, right? And they do this every freaking year. We just ran through it from 2017 to 2018 to 2019 to 2021. Like, they always do this, right? They always, like, start out the year bad. Then they'll win some games and try to reel people back in and be like, all right, let's run it back. And usually it goes poorly. So that's why this pisses me off. Like, I've seen this before with this team. And, you know, luckily for my sake and, and hopefully getting a better pick, the Giants schedule the rest of the way is pretty difficult, right? It's not that easy. It's not going to be Patriots or Commanders anymore. You get Green Bay. You get at New Orleans. New Orleans lost a bad game today, by the way. That's pretty embarrassing. Like, a game, that game was for first place in the South, and they lost a freaking Desmond Ritter, who threw a terrible interception in that game, too, in the fourth quarter. Anyway, so Green Bay at New Orleans at the Eagles. I feel like that's three straight losses right there. I mean, it just seems like the most likely outcome. Then you're home versus the Rams, who beat the crap out of the Cardinals today. But the Rams are such a week-to-week team. The injuries always change there. Is Stafford playing? Is freaking Carson Wentz playing? Is Cooper Cup playing? Is Puka Nakua playing? That's a wait and see. Then the last game of the year is a home game versus the Eagles, which for some reason says 12 a.m. game. That makes no sense. Because isn't noon 12 p.m.? Am I right about this? Do I have to go back to kindergarten? I don't know. But anyway, maybe it's 12 a.m., 12 p.m. I don't know. But anyway, um, so yeah, tough schedule from here on out. I would say the easiest game remaining might be that Rams game on the uh, in week 17, a 1 o'clock game at home. That's probably the easiest one. But, you know, then again, the Rams are a team that always gets respected by Vegas in, in you know, in game lines and stuff like that. Like, they're, you know, coached by Sean McVay, obviously. They have Stafford playing for now. So, you know, there's a chance the Giants finish out this year at 4-13. and It's definitely possible. If that is the case, the Giants would have to have the Patriots win at least two more games. You have to have the Cardinals win at least two more games. Like things have to happen to move up in the uh, in the draft. And we have to have Chicago win tomorrow and beat the uh, I think they play Minnesota. So I'll be rooting for the Bears tomorrow hopefully and we can jump them for a uh, a draft pick. But then again, the Bears strength of schedule is very low so i think even if the giants and bears are tied record wise the bears are still over us because the strength of schedule is way easier for chicago so the bears have to win at least a couple more games here to uh you know to get over them and then draft so that's why it's annoying like i just wanted to lose and have the second pick and make everything easy but nope we have to win these games so hey if you wanted that win congrats it was probably really exciting i know the stadium got hyped after that missed field goal but there's something about winning a 10-7 game to improve the 4-8 and eight that just does not sit right with me. And, you know, you just say it like that and it sounds terrible, right? Like, we won a game 
where there were 17 total points and we improved to four and eight. It's like, man, that is pretty embarrassing to be happy about that. But hey, we don't have much to be happy about. So, you know, it's just, it's a very touchy subject, the whole tanking thing. We've been on this now for the past three or four weeks and we'll see how this plays out. But there is a bye next week. I don't know what I'm going to do content wise with the Giants during this bye. Uh, I'll try to think of something because I know obviously the trade deadline's over. Um, maybe start talking about like you know draft scenarios and trading up or try and predict the rest of the season. I don't know. You guys let me know in the comments what you want to see. But um, that's pretty much all I got. There's not much to talk about with the game. Obviously, a lot of it's like big picture stuff and what's going to happen with the draft picks and whatnot. But some people don't care about that. I don't know why, but some people don't care about it. So if the Giants are picking fourth or fifth, I hope they get the best player there. Ooh, Lamar Jackson almost threw a bad interception there to Asante Samuel. Um, but anyway, once again, maybe we take Jaden Daniels or we take, I don't know, Panix, McCarthy, whoever, maybe those guys end up being the best quarterback in the class. I don't know. You can't predict the future, right? But my reasoning is always I want the highest pick possible because I want Joe Shane to get the guy he wants. And if you're picking four or five, there's a less of a chance that Caleb or Drake are there. And, you know, it's just, you know how it is. Anyway, hope you all enjoy the video. If you hate the loss, I'm sorry. I'm with you. It sucks for us people that want to tank. And for those who want to win, congrats. Enjoy the Victory Monday and, uh, you know, the next couple of days it'll feel good. But we'll see what happens uh, during the bye week if any drama keeps coming up about Don Martindale and Brian Dable's relationship, which I hope is not that bad. I, when Jay Glazer says it, it's usually pretty accurate. So that's why it's kind of like I, I do believe it. But at the same time, I do like Don Martindale. Like even today, the guy, you know, was great. So, you know, hopefully he stays around. If not, as I said before, you know, Leslie Frazier's waiting out there for an opportunity probably. So there's always him. Um, if Kafka's a scapegoat as well, there's always um, there's always Ken Dorsey. So, you know, there's always guys from Buffalo, uh, Buffalo that they could reach out to. So we'll see what happens there. But anyway, hope you all enjoyed the video. And I'll talk to you guys next time.